closing out Daniel, right, which is really a, a big prophecy, the last three chapters, right? There, there is context of, you know, what came to Daniel, right? What was in it? And then what does that mean? And, and to be honest with you, some of the most difficult parts of the Bible are right here, in my opinion, like to truly grasp and understand, because it's going to take you to a world that is not ours. It's spiritual, right? It, it is about the spiritual world. Um, but I will tell you, I had, it was weird because I typically, uh, you know, by the grace of God, have very easy sermon prep weeks. Like I feel like God give, lays on my heart what to say immediately. It is not conflicted. Um, and I am able to preach. I will tell you, the key to preaching the Bible is just read the Bible, right? Like it is not my one-liners. It's just reading the context of the scripture. Um, so I always say sermon prep is not that hard. But I will tell you, it was complicated this week for me. I mean, I was thrown in so many directions, which is interesting. And I was like, man, this is weird. And I had to teach in Columbia this week. And I got up on stage to teach there. And it was weird. I was like, man, this is a, a weird week for me uh, of battling things. I typically do not battle from, from an environment where I'm teaching or educating someone. Um, but as we close out, Daniel, it's so weird, right? Like, I, I believe I'm going to dig into why sometimes it's weird. Why sometimes things happen, we don't quite fully understand around us, maybe ways that we feel things that are going on about us. Um, and, and I'm going to give you a precursor before diving in. Like the, the text here today is very spiritual in nature. And I do not mean spiritual like uh, of, uh, you know, kind of Christianity. I mean spiritual in the eye of the spiritual world around us, right? The idea of good and evil exist. And oftentimes that those parallels are something we don't even see. And that can be very complicated. I think if there's ever any time people like to kind of debate the Bible or be like, what is this? Like, for real, read this and tell me this happened. It's when we get into the spiritual side of things because people are like, oh, so there's a world out there, a spiritual world, right, uh, that has it. And I said, well, man, you know, my, my thoughts are always this. If there wasn't, then how do we describe good and bad around us if there wasn't a spiritual world around us? How do we know what good is? How do we know what bad is? How do we know what love feels like? How do we know what good feels like? How do we know what bad feels like? And, and I always put it in the context of this. You can walk in a room and you can feel good and bad energy. There is without a doubt in my mind that that is our closest touch often to that spiritual world is when you walk in somewhere and you feel what you're walking into, right? And there are some really smart people who have done studies of this to, to figure out like, hey, people are spinning, right, at this, at this X amount of energy in a room. For instance, like in, in the world, Jesus Christ would be the highest. And when Jesus Christ could walk into a room, people would just feel that about him. And they would just be in awe of what he represented by a feeling alone. And I, I do think it's quite interesting uh, because it's one we never get to see, right? We don't get to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, hold on. Let me pull that out of thin air. Where's that thing we feel like energy? And like, let me look at it. Let me touch it. We can't. So it is very layered and complicated. But as we close out Daniel, you know, I think it's important to realize who Daniel was, right? We, we've talked about it week after week, right? But he was a humbled, faithful servant of God a man that really humbled himself in the presence of God at all times, a man who humbled himself in front of others. You know, last time I spoke was Daniel in the lion's den. And I mean, what a story, right? The idea that uh, this man was thrown into the den and without hesitation, he's in the den. 
uh, still a humble servant of God with belief in God, right? And we understand that the, that the absolute belief in God is not that God will see me through this one situation. It is that our promised land is with God, and that is the absolute humbleness and belief in him. Uh, and that is where we are conflicted, right, as humans. But I think, you know, again, uh, to remember that Daniel, though, at the end of the day, he was still a human being, right? And he was still subject to our weakness as human beings that God does not have. Um, but when he, he felt powerless, right, or if he ever felt weakened, Daniel's measuring stick of getting back on the horse was never about Daniel. It was about humbling himself back in front of God at all times. And as we close it, you know, uh, you, you could always go to your heroes to say, man, you know, I wish I could be more like a Peter or a Paul or a, but Daniel, you know, to me, Daniel was it. You know, Daniel was that, that guy who just man, walked in such awe of, of Christ in his life um, that I think he teaches as much. And as we dive into chapter kind of 10, 11, 12, I'm going to give you kind of the pretext of, of how I'm going to preach this is, is that I'm going to really focus on 10 a lot, because 10, I think, really touches us in our everyday life often, but we may not realize it. Uh, but I'm going to stick primarily in 10 right here, and what's going to happen is, is I'm going to read through the scripture right here. We're going to read chapter 10. We're going to come back to the beginning. We'll talk about it, and we'll talk about kind of the themes that are existing uh, as we see it. So if you've got your Bible with you this morning, we are in Daniel chapter 10. I'm going to pick it up right here on verse one. If the screens are working by the power vested in the back back there, it'll be up there. If not, it's all good too. We'll just keep reading the Bible. Everything will be fine in my world. So in the third year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel who was named Belthazar. The message was true and was about a great conflict he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three full weeks. I didn't eat any rich food, no meat or wine entered my mouth, and I didn't put on any oil on my body until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of a great river, the Tigris, I looked up and there was a man dressed in linen with a belt of gold from Upaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like the brilliance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and feet like the gleam of polished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. Only I, Daniel, saw the vision. The men who were with me did not see it, but a great terror fell on them, and they ran and hid. I was left alone looking at this great vision. No strength was left in me. My face grew deathly pale, and I was powerless. I heard the words he said, and when I heard them, I fell into a deep sleep with my face to the ground. Suddenly a hand touched me and raised me to my hands and knees. He said unto me, Daniel, you are a man treasured by God. Understand the words that I'm saying to you. Stand on your feet, for I have now been sent to you. After he said this to me, I stood trembling. Don't be afraid, Daniel, he said to me. For from the first day that you purposed to understand and to humble yourself before God, your prayers were heard. I have come because of your prayers. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief prince, princes, came to help me after I had been left there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to help you understand 
what will happen to your people in the last days for the revision, excuse me, for the vision refers to those days. While he was saying these words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and was speechless. Suddenly one with human likeness touched my lips. I opened my mouth and said to the one standing in front of me, my Lord, because of the vision, anguish overwhelms me and I am powerless. How can someone like me, your servant, speak with someone like you, my Lord? Now I have no strength and there is no breath in me. Then the one with human likeness touched me again and strengthened me. He said, don't be afraid, you who are treasured by God. Peace to you. Be very strong. As he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak for you have strengthened me. He said, do you know why I've come to you? I must return at once to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I leave, the prince of Greece will come. No one has the courage to support me against them except Michael, your prince. However, I will tell you what is recorded in the book of truth. Very powerful, but challenging piece book of the Bible right there, right? Because you are talking uh, we're going to dive through this, but what we are talking about right here is the idea that we are talking spiritual warfare at its pure finest form is what the book is talking about, right? Uh, Daniel has received a vision and all of a sudden it becomes conflict from the moment, right? And, and, and then it just disperses itself into spiritual warfare. So as we walk through it, what I want you to think about, right? Because again, even as we're going to go verse by verse, I want you to think about like, well, what does this mean in my life, right? Like how, how, how is this applicable in 2022 in my life? And here's what I say is what you need to think about in your head is when times aren't quite what you think of they should be, when something is going wrong, right? When it's not to per se plan in your life, when you're not quite understanding why does it be, right? And you think about this, like I, I think about it all the times, right? The ebb and flows of life are wild, right? Like we all want marital bliss, but we also understand that marital strife is reality, right? Like that marital problem, you know, and that's what, what hurts me the most with, with young people, right? And, and not being a hypocrite, I, I didn't understand it either in my young years, but it's like, you know, when young people get in conflict in a young relationship or young marriage, you're like, oh, you know, right? It just goes into this idea of like, man, here we go, right? We're in this drawn out argument fight that lasts for days and weeks. And it's like, man, like it's part of it, right? Like there is, there is part of this world that does not want marital bliss for you in your life. And you often will not see it. It is the spiritual world, right? But to understand what did the devil come to do, right? Like that is not a, a hidden, hidden message anywhere in life. What did the devil come to do? Anybody know? Steal, kill, and destroy, Steal, kill, and destroy right? And that is the mission of the devil. And I think that as long as we understand, which when we talk about like conflict or when we talk about like mission accomplishment, it's great to understand what your opponent's game plan is, right? It's like if you went to a football game and the coach from the other team said, hey man, here's our mission statement of what we're going to do to you today. Stop the run at all costs, right? You're like, okay, cool, man. Loading the box with all 11 play. Cool. We're just going to throw every play, right? That, the devil's given the game plan, right? right? He has said, first, I am here to kill, steal, and destroy, right? And we, and we often, what, what we have to realize is, as followers of Christ is, is we're emotional people. And the devil can often destroy us, not by physical, but by emotion, right? The, the marital strife, the idea of, man, like, hey, I want my kids to be just, you know, uh, lovers of Christ, uh, great kids, and they come home doing the complete opposite, right? And we're almost dumbfounded. Like, I don't understand. How could this have happened to me? We went to church every, you got a whole entity that is there for that mission, 
to kill and destroy them, right? And kill doesn't necessarily mean in the idea of like, hey, they're physically dead. No, it is spiritually dead. Spiritually steal them. Spiritually destroy them, right? And and in true fashion, we've seen it in our era of the idea of like terrorism, right? It only takes one or two and it starts to spread, right? Put a kid in the middle of a married couple that's bad, right? I've got a couple of them that... I got a couple of them that want to be bad all the time. I'm just kidding. My, my kids are great. But, you know, you put a kid that's misbehaving in, front of, in the middle of a, mar- in a marriage, it's complicated. You're like, holy cow. And it trickles into you. And it trickles into your work. And it trickles into the next thing. Like, it's very, it's very interesting. And so as we, as we dive into it, what I, want, I, I want you to place your idea in this idea of like, hey, Daniel is a faithful servant. And my man is shook right now. Right. You are. And again, we, we've talked about it. He is not a young man right now. This is a life of faithfulness to the Lord. And he's still being shook. Right. He's still being impacted right here. So when you think about what, what we're diving into, right, I'll just kind of give us a little recap here. So the first verse, we're understanding that he, we're in the third year in the reign of Cyrus, which means hey, we're, we're still somewhere around those 500 B.C.'s right, before Christ came back. And we were told that a word from the Lord was revealed to Daniel about a great conflict, and he understood it. I think, I think that there's key there, right, is that Daniel understood the vision, and he clearly said, okay, great, hey, check Raj, I'm understanding that. Uh, but he did also say, right, this is a sad and terrifying message because Daniel then goes into mourning for three weeks, right? And, and at the end of the day, when you read about it, it says he's not eating, right? He's not anointing himself. Uh, there's no wine or anything. So at the end of the day, what is Daniel doing? He's fasting, right? So again, as we look at these themes of Daniel's life, Daniel's got a, a, a word from the Lord or he's got a vision. It's terrifying him, right? So what I'm saying is, is Daniel was like, man, I didn't think this was coming. And what is his response, right? Again, which I think is very key to take from the life of Daniel. He fasted. Right. And I have heard Pastor Daniel talk to us. Right. In January, we come up with this idea. And again, I think fasting is one of those conflictual things where people are like, I don't understand the importance of it. And I don't know if I'm really going to You mean not eat for 21 days. Right. Like what? You've lost your mind. But again, what did Daniel know? Because he had humbled himself from the Lord. The only way he would find clarity in the strife of his life was to give it to the Lord. And the way he was going to give it to the Lord was to fast and pray for 21 days, right? And again, we've broken it down into modern times that 21 days means all kinds of things, right? Well, you form a habit. Ah, I don't know, man. You can go through the motions for a long time, right? But I think the, the point is of this is can you dedicate yourself to this problem through prayer and fasting for 21 days instead of taking it upon yourself to either A, run from it, right? Or B, try to come up with your own resolution for it, right? So Daniel is showing us this idea of like, okay, you know, I, I got you right here. Hey, I, I'm conflicted. It scares me. My response, right, when I'm conflicted or scared, and again, put this into you, right? Put this back into you and I. What is our response when I'm conflicted or scared or fearful, right? Again, think we've got emotional descriptors right there, right? Those are not physical, right? Like I am not physically feared as far as like this. It's an emotional response. So what do we do 
when we get these responses, right? Do we go into hibernation? Do we go into, I'm going to run from that? Do we go from, I'm not going to focus on that because it is a problem? How do we look at our own responses to something? And often, right, that the Lord has even pressed upon our hearts is very calm, right? You can feel the pull. Like God is telling you, hey, you need to be, go here and do this. You need to deal with this, right? And when, it fe- when we're fearful of it, when it scares us, it starts right there. What's our response? When we look at Daniel, his response instantly, 21 days of fasting. I'm giving it to you, Lord. I'm giving it to you. So as we, we continue to go through it here, and we kind of pick it up in seven, I, I find seven very interesting, uh, verse seven, as, as much as I did with Paul, right? Only I, Daniel, saw the vision. The men who were with me did not see it, but a great terror fell on them, and they ran ahead. Remember Paul and his conversion, he was the only one. Even though he was with a group, he was the only one. But just like in Paul's story, and kind of how we talked about in the energy side of the beginning, man, we can feel spiritual presence in our life, good and bad. And what does it say? A terror fell upon them and they ran, right? So they didn't see it, but they felt something. And the feeling they had was enough that they took off and ran, right? So as we, we're kind of setting this tone to understand like, hey, the spiritual world is very real. There is good and there is evil. And we know the evil has come to seek, kill, and destroy, and we know the good has come to save. And what we're about to dive into right here is a lot of people interpret it that I'm in the middle of spiritual conflict. I do not believe that can be the case. I believe you're either on the good or you are on the bad. The middle, right, which would mean to me is that we have a free place, a free space that is given to this idea of like, oh, I'm torn. No, that's not with Christ, right? Christ is not a a foot in, foot out the door type God. Christ is you are with me or you are against me type God. So when we say, hey, I'm in the middle of spiritual conflict, I think we need to reframe how we view that to say, no, I am being attacked spiritually. That is what is happening. You are not being pulled like, oh, come to the dark. No, come to the good. No, right? We walk with the Lord and we know the enemy is coming. It is going to attack me, right? And, and what I think we see here is what we often feel, right, is when, when somebody we know, somebody that we're with is going through something, we may often not even know it, but we feel it, right? We feel it. And I think Daniel's men also gave us a great example of response. What did those that were with Daniel do? They took off and ran and hid. That was his response, right? So you got, I want, again, think about it. And this is not, I'm not saying, look, think about your friends. I'm saying, think about you. When you feel this with the people that you walk with in this life, right? When you feel like, man, something is wrong here. And I, I can tell it's wrong. Don't take off and run and hide. Right? That, that does not help our idea here of being in this brotherhood and sisterhood in Christ. When we, we see this, right, we, we go to the opposite. Where do we go? We pray. We pray, right? Because we understand just as we have in verse 9, that is asking the Lord to intervene here. That is asking God to step in, right, and touch the things that we have no touch point of. 
There are people you will pray for in your life that you will never know the actual conflict that was in their life. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. You are praying for the Lord to be involved, right? That's your piece of the pie. That's your ownership as a friend. That's what Daniel's buddy should do. And again, though, let me not be hypocritical because I don't know what terror they felt. I mean, maybe I was running, right? We are human. And there's the likelihood of it is we can only train ourselves to have this approach. And, and it's kind of like I said, you know, there, there's definitely been different times where I have felt how I've gotten stronger, right? Where certain things I'm like not touching it with a 10-foot pole, right? Ain't not intervening myself at all to include spiritually, right? And, and, and then I realized that's where I'm failing is I think the problem needs me, right? They, they need me to come give them some good advice, you know what I mean? Uh, it's like next Saturday, you know, uh, next weekend, I got to marry a young girl. I'm sitting here writing the wedding, and I'm thinking to myself, I pause for a minute. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, they need me to write some, you know, Emmy-worthy Emmy nominated wedding script. No, they need me to read from the Bible. They need me to pray for them. They need, they need me to take their group of friends and people and train them in the way to, hey, conflict will arise in this marriage pray for them, right? Support them in love through prayer. But as we, as we keep digging in, right, Daniel said, he was left alone looking at the great vision. No strength was left in me. My face grew deathly pale. I was powerless. I heard the words he said, and when I heard them, I fell into a deep sleep with my face into the ground. And as we get into it, right, this is where, this is what I think really starts digging up, which is a very interesting question, that Daniel answers for us through this scripture, right, is who does God hear from? And when does he hear from him? And this is complicated, right? Like, I am stepping my foot into something. That's why I'm going to keep reading the Bible, because you're not getting Jason Clark right here, right? You are getting Jesus Christ right here. And I'm not, I'm saying, Paul's talking about, I'm not Jesus Christ. I'm saying, I'm reading from the boy, the good word right here. But this question right here, I think it is very forefront of Daniel, right? Which is like, hey, um, when does God hear our prayers? And who's he hearing them from? Because uh, th this is deep, very deep in the context of spirituality. But if you look at right, there's a grace of God that came into this picture, right? He was on his face in fear and a hand touches Daniel and sets him on his hands and knees. And he says to him, oh, Daniel, man loved by God, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright for now I have been sent to you. And that hand that touches him, right? whether physical or non-physical, is often the hand we're looking for in our lives, right? Which is the hand of God to give you the power through tough times. It is not my hand, right? It is not the pastor's hand. It is the hand of God on your life, right? To, to humble yourself before the Lord to say, man, I, I can't battle it, right? When I, when I, when I hit my time of, uh, I guess you could say, the rough patch of my life of what would be labeled like, you know, uh, the PTSD era, right? Which to me was just this adrenaline drop. Like I had no focus no purpose. I had lost it all because I had put all myself into people, right? My spirituality was zero. And when I got dropped on my face, I feel like Daniel, right? I was on my face in fear. No idea what to do. But I will tell you, by the grace of God, a hand came upon me. And I rose back up, right? 
And, and that's what we're looking for right here is just saying, okay, so Daniel, this humble servant of God who is asking God, whose friends have ran away, and he's saying, God, I need you, right? I, I need you. And he says, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart. Now, this is where I think it gets very important. From the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard. And I have come because of your words. That to me is ginormous in chapter 10, right? He is sick. The Lord is telling him why he has come. And I think for us, this imposes a big question into our spiritual life. Have we humbled ourselves before God and set our whole heart to him? And I think this is a very tough personal question, right? Because I think that we get lost in the context sometimes of, man, why is God not answering my prayer? We already heard here that when the prayer came, there was a delay of 21 days before this prayer was answered. And it was given because I, was conf- I could not get to you. So think about the power of that in the spiritual conflict of world. The Lord could not answer his prayers because he's fighting the prince of Persia, right? Well, what's the prince of And again, I wasn't alive. I can't, I can't tell you for sure, right? But it sounds pretty evil. Sounds like something Satan left for them. And it took 21 days to fight through that, right? 21 days. And again, this is where we can go, Lord have mercy. Where are we going? What road are we going down right now? Like, what do you mean spiritual world in 21 days, right? This is, this is my point. We're not, we, we don't know God's time, and we don't know what the devil wants to do in your life. Those are two very interesting things to think about. To think about God has a plan for your life. Well, guess what? So does the enemy. The enemy's got a plan for your life, too. Right. And the enemy's good because they can stroke. God's good at putting our emotions on display of like weak. You ain't humble before me. The enemy is good on the pick me up. I can make you feel good. I make you feel better. I'm not going to make you keep working harder to get that. No, you're fine how you are. There is no need for more of you to be doing that. That's crazy. Right? And how many of us have gotten ourselves in an emotional berry before because we took the bait? Sometimes you got to realize when you're praying, God's fighting to get to you. God is fighting the spiritual world around you to get to you. That's tough. Right? That, that's tough that God, you know, even God, right, is not a done. It's not. But we have to believe in the idea of conflict that God is fighting to disperse that peace from your life, right? And to get it out of your life. And that's why I think 21 days is important. Because if you have something so heavy like Daniel did right here, right? And you're fighting it for 21 days through prayer and fasting, knowing the good Lord is fighting his way to you. And you make it for 21 days telling that evil thing that's trying to come upon your life, no. Now we've got a habit. I got a habit of going before God. I've got a habit of giving it to God. I've got a habit of not taking the emotional stroke to make me feel good. 
I've got a habit of not just taking the easy one to put in my pocket and run away and hide from the problem. I give it to the Lord. So as you read this and we say, okay, well, again, you know, very similar to chapter 9, right? Daniel had prayed. God sent a message. The message is similar to chapter 9 as well, right? But this idea that your words have been heard and I have, become, have come because of your words, it makes me think through, right? Like Proverbs chapter 15, verse 29, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous, Right? And if you move it through, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 through 12, whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Tough, because it's tough truth right there, right? And to be fair, in my own life, this is not a teaching point I'm giving to you, that I could say, am I humble before the Lord? And if I'm not, then why should I expect my prayer to be answered? Because again, remember, this isn't a fight of I'm in the middle of good versus bad. I am either fighting for the good of the Lord or I'm fighting against it. Middle ground does not exist, right? You think about it in the eye and say, okay, well, oh, that's, that's tough. Okay, think about it in the eyes of war, right? We'll just say Ukraine and Russia because those two are at war. Who's in the middle? Nobody. You're either there or you're there, right? War is conflictual. It's two sides that are going to battle it out. But this idea for us to realize that when we look in our own spiritual journey and our own spiritual life and our own walk with the Lord is to say, Am I humbled, right? And is my heart all in on this? Because if it is not, even though I do not know fully what the Lord may do in my situation, I also understand the Lord is looking for those humbled and looking for those that have given their entire heart to him. That's who he's looking for right here. So it comes to this idea, well, why should we turn away from evil and do good? Why should we seek peace and pursue it, right? And, and, and again, Peter answered it for us, because the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers, but this is not the case for those who do evil. I will tell you, I think that is uh, it, this part of Daniel and why I chose to sit so much, even though we're closing out in chapter 10, because I think there's so much power in this chapter to understand prayer and to understand how the Lord operates, right, for even a humble servant like Daniel. And that's what I always bring it down to. I hate to say it. I, I always bring it down to that where I look back and I'm like, my Lord, <laughs> Daniel lived a life like that, right, and faced all these things. And who am I, right? What is my life compared to that of Daniel or of Paul, right? Uh, even a Peter. And right, we all, it's good. To, the, I love the Bible heroes that mess it up like 25 times because I'm like, thank God. There's <laughs> my man, Peter, I'm with you, my friend, you know. Um, but again, right, the value here to understand is that prayer is the wholehearted. I did not say half-hearted, wholehearted dependence on God. That is what prayer is, is that I am wholeheartedly dependent 
on God. The power is with God, not us. The avenue of powerful prayer only belongs to those who humble themselves before the Lord. Sometimes we pray, right? And we wonder what is wrong because we think the power belongs to us. If we're asking what is wrong, it's because we think we're in control of time. And my prayer is not being answered on my clock. Right? The power belongs to God, who we pray to. We cannot make God do anything. We are asking the almighty God to act for his glory and good and aligning our desires and our requests to his purposes. Because understand that that is what we are always trying to run parallel to is God's purpose for our life, right? And at the same time is, is our desires in our life because we are human and we believe certain things should operate a certain way in our life, right? But is that God's purpose in your life? So when we are struggling with the idea of prayer, right, and we're looking for for answers, the, the first question we must ask ourselves is, are we seeking the Lord and humbling ourselves before him? And, and that, to me, is a very layered question that will go on for the livelihood of our lives. Is that when I go to pray, when I go to ask certain things, right? Am I all in on God? And am I humbled before him or am I looking to fix my emotional state real quick? Because I'm just, I don't like feeling like this. And I don't like the way things are going. And, and what I think that God does for us is, is he alerts us, right? He gives us tad bits and we start to feel better. We start to receive from the Lord. Sometimes it's, it's ways that we would have never even imagined or thought or seen. And that's the power of God. Right. That's the power of God. But what but again, even in a situation like Daniel, understand Daniel was humbled and praying to the Lord and the Lord had to fight his way to get to Daniel. So I want you to remember that sometimes when those big things happen in your life that are nasty, those big things happen in your life that don't make any sense, those big things in your life that impact many other people. And you're praying for the resolution to it. It may take time. There may be a delay because we're on God's time, not ours. And we must understand that when it gets to the point of like, hey, God, I continue to pray. I continue to pray. I continue to ask for the same thing. I'm continuing to say, Lord, please work through this. Please do this for me. Please answer this. Are we humbled? Are we fasting? Are we putting it all on his plate? Are we saying, no, not me, not me, not me, all you, all you, all you. And that, to me, is its own battle, right? Because God has made us really smart and really good at a lot of things, and we think we can handle most of them, right? But it, it, in my opinion, it, it is just like anything. If we get really good at the small, we get better at the big, but if we never work at the small, the big paralyzes us because we've never really put our trust in the Lord until that moment where I realize I can do no more now. And I am like Daniel, right, on my face in fear and cannot move. So 
as we, as we close it down here, as we, we come through the, the end of this, right, I want you to think about like, man, what, you know, what happened here is, is amazing, right? The messenger says to Daniel, he says, you know, for 21 days, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood him. So Michael, right, Michael, one of the chief princes of God came to help so that he could come and make Daniel understand what is going to happen to his people in the later days. This is amazing to me, right? The fact that Daniel prays for three weeks during this time, no answer, right? Can you imagine what we do in our life here? And as we close on the, on the, on the idea of spirituality and the spiritual battle right here, this is what I'm going to leave you with, with, with it here in the last 10 minutes, right? Is how do we handle 21 days of God not answering prayer? How do we handle three days of God not answering prayer, right? You think about it. It comes to the conflicts of life, right? Conflict within a marriage, conflict with your kids, conflict at work, fired at work. I mean, you could name it. We're looking for like rubbing a genie on a lamp, right? Dear Jesus. And go. It's work, right? That's what we look for. We all do. It's human nature. That's why we're not God. 21 days, right? But Here's the message. There is a spiritual battle that will go on that you and I cannot see. That is truth. It is right here in the book. There is a spiritual battle that will go on that you cannot see, right? God's messenger was blocked by the prince of the kingdom of Persia, which he most under which most understand is some sort of spiritual being is this description, right? Whether it's Satan, again, I'm not here to define, I'm not, I wasn't there. Right? But Michael, the great prince, came to help. But I want you to think about this when you go to the book of Ephesians. Right, It tells you, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Right, There are very few passages in the Bible that gives us a glimpse into spiritual conflict like Daniel chapter 10. Very few. Very few. And, you know, um, I think it's a very challenging one for us as Christians to accept is spirituality. Even though weird, we'll read horoscopes, right? And we'll put weight behind them, but we have a hard time understanding that there might be spiritual realms that are, that are conflictual. Um, pretty interesting, right? Newspaper gotcha, but the good, the good book don't. It's pretty good. But the thing to remember right here is that you are going to be in a spiritual conflict in your life right? You are not in the middle. You are for. You are not against. You are for. I don't stand against. I don't stand in the middle. I stand for, right? And, and, and the Lord and his armies are going to battle Satan and his armies. But rather than you thinking, right, that, that God does not care and that God is not listening to your prayer right now, we must have faith in the Lord and I believe that we must remember Daniel and that there is sometimes a battle to get to you. And there is a conflict to answer your prayer in your life. The battle will still rage, even though we know the outcome. God and his armies will always win. And we know he's won at the end. Does not mean the battle stops. Right? If you think about it, and again, sometimes we need to alert ourselves back to, back to our world, even in the idea of losing big games or f- losing at war, the enemy don't just stop even though they know it's over. If that's the case, why is there a fourth quarter in football? Right? I'm just putting it in your lens. 
Why? Call a mercy rule. Oh, that game's over. Can't do any. Yes, you can still do damage. Yes, you can. And Satan is no different, right? And sometimes it's nasty, and I'd argue that sometimes we're no different in our life. We've lost at something, and we choose to still be nasty. All right, that's the human side to it. But, but what I want you to leave you with, right, was today was kind of these ideas of, hey, who is God answering prayers from? And, and why are my prayers not answered right away sometimes? Because as we close out Daniel, I think it's very important to remember that, that Daniel led a life humbled before the Lord. All right, and, and I still think back when I hear certain people pray and, and I realize sometimes like, you know, the difference in, in things. But, you know, I, and I've used this story before, but I remember the first time that I met Daniel and Christie's grandfather and we all ate uh, lunch together and he prayed. Right. Uh, World War Two generation, my favorite one. And he prayed, you know, and, and here's a man praying for the president of the United States, praying for leaders, praying for local leaders. Right. Putting it all before the Lord. Right. And here we are. think we got the power of the vote. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on. And then when we, and then if our vote don't work, we're, we're, we're casting hate. All, all to be said. Right. They're little details. They're little. They really are. Right. Like uh, us spewing facts about who's the president, who's not. I mean, they're little. But is that who we are called to? Is that the calling in our life? Tough. I'll get me wrong. There's, there, there's things to stand out against, but not to the idea where we wish ill will or hatred toward humanity. And for all of us, I know that some of us are going through way tougher times, way worse scenarios than other. And, and you know, I, I kind of have gotten to this point now where I just brace for impact, right? Like I'll catch a smooth sailing for a few months, right? And the good Lord is, is blessing my life. I'm like, my Lord, here come the enemy. And they're going to come down hard, straight into it with impact. Where's it coming from? So my encouragement to you is to realize that's part of what's going to happen. But it's to keep your eyes and your life humbled upon the Lord. Because you were not strong enough to defeat it. Because we can't even see it. Right? But our prayer language is our fighting language. Right. That's how we fight. Just as Daniel. How did Daniel fight when he was fearful? He didn't get up and run, hide. He prayed. Prayed for the Lord. And as the vision plays itself out in Daniel, and and don't get me wrong why I preached this message the way I did, because I often think receiving the message is the hardest part. It's not carrying it out. I think it's receiving it because you can come up with many things that that's not for me. That's not mine. Not me. That's them. Right. And that's the, the, the good and the bad of the local church. Because you can look across the chairs and the pews and be like, whoo, pastor talking to them over there this week. Wasn't he? You know what I mean? Like, man, what they say? They need a volunteer. Hey, y'all hear pastor, man, saying we need some volunteers from y'all. Right. We haven't been in church a long time. I've been, been that man many a times in my life. But my point is uh, to you all, right, is that 
um, it, it takes us to look in our lives, right? It takes us to be, to be tough in the idea of spiritual conflict. It takes us to be real with spiritual conflict. And at the end of the day, it takes a very simple approach, humble ourselves before the Lord. And when we do not understand, continue to go in front of the Lord. When your prayer is not answered, continue to go in front of the Lord. 21 days, that might be quick for some. Some of you might be praying for 720 right now. My challenge is look in your life. Humble yourself before the Lord. Make sure we're asking for what the Lord wants in our lives, not what we want in our lives. Two different things. Right? Remember, your fight language is prayer language, right? I fight through prayer, not through my words to other humans, to other people, to scenarios. It's easy, easy to fight other people. It's hard to fight what we can't see in the spiritual side of things. Very hard. As we close out, Daniel, uh, we're getting ready to transition right into the Christmas season. I think what, what, what a time, right, is, is we're going to celebrate the birth of Christ, but to realize that everything we're talking about right now is still prior to the birth of Christ, right? That even Daniel and the faith he must have had, think about it and, and, and just being real. When you saw Christ, it's a lot easier to have faith. When Jesus was born, a lot easier for people to have, like, okay, that's real. That's true. There's, there he is. My whole point to that is there are many people around us who haven't seen Jesus yet. They haven't seen his birth in their life. And remember, our fighting language is our prayer language. So as we are, weird as it is, 21 days out from the day we celebrate on Christmas, I would invite you to fight. Fight for those that you love. Fight for those that you do not know through the language of prayer. And set your heart out. Right? To, to, to have Jesus meet them where they're at. And, and some will, it'll happen in here, some it'll happen out there, but again, the God we know knows no limits, knows no walls. He don't believe in communism. He just meets people, right? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thankful for you today. Uh, thankful for, for us just being able to have time together to give the good word. Um, man, God, what I pray for, though, is, is the is the love and the humbling that you had, that Daniel had for you, God. I pray that all of us can, can have that fight in us to realize, Heavenly Father, that our fight is through our prayer to you. I pray that we have the patience, a fraction of the patience you have with us. That when we pray for things to be answered, how many times you could look at us, oh Lord, and say, I've been waiting for you for a long time. But what I pray for, Heavenly Father, is, is we come through this season as we get ready to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, is that we can celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ in many people. And I pray that all of us can set our hearts and our minds and our souls and humble ourselves before you to be on fire for you and to fight the fight with you through our prayer language. I pray for a great blessing amongst all the people, no matter what you're going through, no matter how hard it is, no matter how unfair it seems, no matter that it shouldn't be me, that it shouldn't be this way, that it, that it cannot work out this way, that you're fighting to get to them, Heavenly Father. And that your hand of peace and love will come over their hearts that will give them a feeling they don't understand, but they know it is of you and that you are working in them. I pray for all of the people in this room today, God, that we will be blessed and thankful to have another day here to make a difference for you. I pray that we are blessed to realize we have another day to love people for you. 
I pray these things in your most precious, mighty, and powerful name. Amen. Please stand with me and uh, let's continue worshiping. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.